Wendy's two for six dollars lets you mix and match some of our best items, like <gasps> Dave Single with a ten-piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave Single, Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade. If you're into that, chicken Sam, crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's, Dave's nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. This is the Rogie Report. News on the Fringe FM. I'm Jess Rogie. It's definitely UAP time. Investigative filmmaker Jeremy Corbell recently appeared on The Hill to talk about the video of the spherical UAP filmed off the coast of Southern California in 2019. He talks about the release of the video and discusses the reactions on social media to the declassified footage. You know, actually, um, I haven't been reading social media. I think that when people look at something with very limited understanding, they can easily jump to these kind of ridiculous conclusions and it's again it's very myopic and it's incomplete i think people will find very soon that there are multiple sensor systems picking up up to 14 objects at one time swarming this navy ship so if people are talking in that way they're just talking out of school yeah this is so important if what we are witnessing is a true transmedium vehicle a vehicle that can penetrate that barrier between air and sea or, or air and space without destruction then we're looking at a propulsion system that is so far advanced it's beyond next generation technology so we're probably looking at and what it is theorized is we're looking at is a gravitational propulsion system a non-reactionary propulsion system everything we know you push something back and that's how you go forward these craft particularly things like the the tic-tac craft they they seem to be operating on a on a different set of rules than what we have an advanced technology and if that's the case we need to know on cnn anderson cooper spoke with retired navy lieutenant commander alex dietrich a veteran combat pilot about her report of spotting a uap off the coast of san diego in 2004 you know little from from our perspective at, at our altitude um, but about the size of a, a, a normal aircraft fuselage and it was white it was sort of a matte finish uh, just like a tic-tac and it behaved in a way that we were um, 
we were surprised, uh, unnerved. It uh, accelerated, or it almost didn't accelerate, right? It sort of jumped from, from spot to spot and tumbled around in a way that was unpredictable. Um, and she brings up UFO Twitter. Um, and, and shout out to my, my new friends on uh, hashtag UFO Twitter. Um, that it's fascinating. I'm, I am fascinated with their fascination. Mm. And so whether they are hardcore um, enthusiasts or conspiracy theorists or hardcore debunkers. Um, or even there's, there's like this tribe of religious fanatics who are just, I don't quite understand them yet, but, but they're all these different camps. And at the core no matter how much they're attacking each other, what I see is that they all want answers. Mm. They all want to know what it was. This has been the Rogie Report News on the Fringe FM. I'm Jess Rogie. This is Jess Rogie, host of the Rogie Report, and you're listening to the Fringe FM, KTLK, Digital Broadcasting. Did you guys not hear that whole opening? Holy schmoly. Welcome to the Rogie Report, guys. Apparently, somebody forgot to click the button on the voice meter. That was me. Because I was chatting with my guest (laughs) a little bit before we started. So, basically, 
This is the Rogue Report. Thanks for joining us tonight, guys. We got today is Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. This is episode 20 of the Rogie Report on the Fringe FM. I was just saying, I'm so sorry if you guys um, heard the um, same news segment because I played the same one this past couple weeks because I've been on my news vacation. But there is a lot of UFO news coming, so I will be coming out with some news reports here real soon. Next week is the plan. So I want to remind everybody to follow the Rogie Report on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook, that's at the Rogue Report, R-O-G-G-E. Report? Oh no, Are, is there an echo? There shouldn't be an echo. Jesus Christ. Hopefully there's no echo. Is there a lot of feedback? Anybody in the chat? Anyway, I'm so sorry for getting any audio feedback. But yes, Night Stalker, I am on a newscation. So I want to give a shout out to... There is a really bad echo. Sounds good on Night Stalkers half. Anybody else? Christy is getting echo. Mike is getting a buzz. Russ says it's fine. What does that mean? I don't know what that means, guys. It's fine. Okay, I did have my air on, Mike, so I did turn that off. Audio is fine. Thank you, Ken. So, shout out to Ken, Russ, Christy, and the Spreaker chat. Oh, good. I'm glad everything sounds good. I've been on vacation, guys. Do you know what? I just got back into town. I am still on my newscation. I literally just got back in from Palm Springs yesterday evening, so I am still warming back up, guys. So... I think I mentioned YouTube, but I hope you guys, uh, if you don't subscribe to my YouTube, I was planning on bringing some live streams back. So follow the Rogie Report on YouTube. So I gave my shout out to everybody. Sounds good. I'm glad it sounds good in the Spreaker chat over in the Discord chat. <laughs> Thank you, Night Stalker. All right. So let me introduce my guest. So this afternoon, I was watching The Conjuring to warm up for my guest tonight because I also watched her show all afternoon. So I am in the paranormal mood. So my guest tonight is Miranda Young, Miranda Young, ghost biker. Miranda has always been interested in the paranormal for as long as she can remember. As a child, you could find her in the library reading books about ghosts and folklore or visiting her grandmother, who would often share stories about growing up in the Appalachian Mountains. Miranda began investigating with her team in 2013 and continued with them until 2018. Her role on the team consisted of photo analysis, video audio evidence producer, and marketing specialist, as well as investigator. People began messaging her and asking her what the stories were behind the images. And this is how Ghost Biker Explorations was born. I want to welcome Miranda for the first time to the Rogie Report. I did speak with Miranda maybe about a month ago on Beyond the Strange. And I want to give a shout out to Dave Cruz and Russ Bailey. Thank you, guys. And I had such a lovely time. And, you know, me and Miranda, I said, you know what? Come on the Rogie Report and we could chat a little bit about the paranormal. It's going to be so fun. So welcome, Miranda. Hey Jess, thank you for having me on. 
uh, you're very welcome. How are you today? I know we did this, but how are you today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm just very excited to be here talking to you about the paranormal. I know, like you said, you know, we kind of connected when we were on, on, on Beyond the Strange. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that the conversation didn't start the, uh, stop there. And that, yes. uh you're having me on. Thank you yeah. so much. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. I want to remind everybody in the chat, if you guys have questions, please put them in all caps so that I can see them. And I'm going to be bouncing back and checking on each chat room here. So I saw that you just did an event over the weekend. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. This was uh, one of the first events of the event season that we had, and it was at the Scream Chamber, also known as the Historic Clegg Mansion in Athens, Tennessee. And it was their first annual Paracon. And it was actually very cool. They had, um, I've not heard an official count, but one of the unofficial numbers was they had about a thousand people. Wow. And they did daytime history and ghost tours of the Clegg Mansion, which, you know, minus the haunted attraction that they have inside of there, it's actually very haunted with, oh. um, yeah, different spirits from, from the past. And uh, so they did those daytime uh, ghost tours, and then they also opened it up in the evening for their haunted uh, haunted house. And so they had, uh, I think, probably about 30 different vendors uh, wow. that were paranormal in teams, uh, different investigators, tarot card readers, uh, Bigfoot researchers. They had a lot of folks out there and everyone seemed to have a good time. I know we had folks come down from Kentucky and North Georgia and just all over uh, the middle and East Tennessee regions. Oh, how fun. Were you able to do any investigations at the Clegg, Clegg, Clegg Manor? Mansion. Clegg Mansion. Mansion. Um, <clears throat> I have not investigated there yet, but uh, that's actually one that I want to visit. They were doing some different ghost hunts the night before, but unfortunately due to my schedule, I wasn't able to make it into town until that, that Saturday morning. But after going in, seeing it, and uh, hearing some of the stories, I definitely want to make it back and do an overnight stay there. Oh, how fun. What is, what is it? Was it a, I don't know the history of the, the building. What is it? So Samuel Clegg was, he came down from Virginia to uh, the Athens, Tennessee region, and he was a Masonite. And he built a lot of the different buildings and businesses there in the Athens, Tennessee area. And so this was his home. And, um, it, you know, for the time, it was in the early 1820s. And so for the time, it was, it was a very big and opulent mansion for the area and the time. And so um, his family lived there, conducted business business out of there and uh, built a lot of structures in the Athens area. Um, he was killed on the property. Um, it was also an area that um, he, he, he was shot, but he ended up dying in his bedroom. And um, it was also an area that had civil war activity. And so oh. there was a union soldier that was killed by one of the, um, one of the slaves on the property, the story goes that uh, one of the Union soldiers had come in and he had spit in the cornbread. And so uh, the lady, oh. um, yeah, the uh, the main slave cook, you know, that's one thing you don't do in a southern person's cornbread is you don't spit in the I, cornbread. I, I, that, I'm not from the <laughs> south, but it sounds like... 
Wendy's two for six dollars lets you mix and match some of our best items, like <gasps> Dave Single with a ten-piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave Single, Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade. If you're into that, chicken Sam, crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's, Dave's nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary. U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. Marcus, what happened? <sighs> I was changing my oil and I spilled some on the floor. Oh, we'll use these $50 bills to wipe it up. Perfect. Got any more? Yeah, yeah, take a couple hundred. Stop. Instead of using money, use an old rag. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Something you really shouldn't do. (laughs) No, you definitely shouldn't do that. And so the story goes that she had a meat cleaver in her hand and she actually reared back and hit the the uh, union soldier in the head with the meat cleaver and then ended up chopping him up and distributing the body parts throughout um, the areas of the property. And it said, and what's really interesting about this house is, you know, the house sat dilapidated for a long time, but there was still some plaster on the walls. There was still some of the original flooring. And oh, it wow. said that there's a spot in that flooring where she apparently killed that Union soldier that is a blood stain that they're unable to to get rid of. Oh, and gosh. so um, that's just one of the few deaths that's on the property that they say that they actually have activity from there uh, to this day. That makes a lot of sense if there's blood there um, from the original piece. Yeah. Ooh, creepy. That's going to be a fun one. That's going to yes, be a fun absolutely. one. absolutely. So I wanted to ask you, in your biography, you talk a little bit about your grandmother sharing stories from the Appalachians. Do you have any that kind of helped, like, inspired you to get deeper into, like, studying, like, folklore and the paranormal? Well, you know, she shared a whole lot of stories back from from when she was young and some different haints from the Appalachian Mountains. And what's interesting about these these haints in this folklore is it does change from, as we would say, holler to holler there in the mountains, Um, you know, different things from, you know, being good luck to hang a horseshoe over each of your doors. Um, You know, whenever you enter a property, you're supposed to go out the same door that you go in. Um, And then also the way you hang the horseshoes over the door, you know, if you hang them up ways, it's said to hold the luck in. If you hang them upside down, it's said that that will empty the love out or excuse me, luck out. And it's also supposed to keep the devil out of the house. So she shared a lot of those type folklore stories. Um, I did an episode on one of my podcasts recently talking about some of those specific uh, uh, stories that she told, as well as different superstitions and uh, folklore that us as bikers kind of hold dear um because as as a group you know bikers tend to be pretty superstitious folks i didn't know that now i do yeah you know if uh, if you're ever at a bike event take a look at different motorcycles there and you'll see on the area just underneath the bike you'll usually find a little bell on all the different bikes and that's known as a gremlin bell and oh. it's said that um you know there's there's two different theories behind this um 
the story goes that there was a gentleman riding a motorcycle in uh, southern in the southwestern U.S. coming out of Mexico around the Arizona, New Mexico area. And he had in his bags, he had uh, bags full of presents at this orphanage that he worked at. And so he was riding a long ways home. And in the middle of the night, he ended up having an accident. And in his accident, it essentially ripped his bike apart and, you know, tore the the bags off and everything. And um, what had caused this accident was said to be road gremlins. And so um, airplane pilots and everything, they also talk about having gremlins that will affect, you know, their machinery and their mechanics. And so, um, so this particular biker, whenever these road gremlins attacked him and his bike, he grabbed his saddlebag that had all the toys in it and started throwing items at these gremlins. And so one of the items, the, the last couple items he had were some bells. And as he started ringing the bells, it started to confuse the gremlins because it said that they have, um, they have very, very strong hearing and it, it essentially confuses them because they're so hypersensitive. And so um, while he was doing this, there were two bikers that were probably about 30 miles behind him that were riding on the bike and uh, they came up on him as he was, you know, laying there trying to ward off these gremlins. And so they helped him ward them off. And so the biker gave them these bells um, to give them a safe journey. He tore off a couple fringes from his bike, tied it to the bell and gave it to him and said that they would always have a safe journey. And so, um, the story behind that is that you're not supposed to buy a bell for yourself as a biker. It's more powerful if somebody gives it to you. And it says that, you know, you have obtained one of the best things in life and that's friendship and it will also keep you safe. And so you hang it on your bike and it rings to keep the uh, uh, gremlins from the potholes from jumping up and getting on your bike. So you will always see gremlin bells on, uh, on motorcycles. If you ever look at any of the different bike events. No, that's, that, that's amazing. We had a lot of comments on the bells and the gremlins. Christy Sumner says, I have a bell on my gold wing given to me by my bestie. And then Michael J says, someone has to give you the bell. Yes. And then, um, Oh, road Gr- and then Night Stalker says Road Gremlins, hell yeah! And then Russ <laughs> Bailey says, "We have two good questions." It says, "Oh, hey Dave in the chat, Dave Cruz from Beyond the Strange is joining us in the hey, chat Dave. room. Thank you." So Russ Bailey says, "Were the Road Gremlins possibly ETs?" <laughs> you know, Russ. you know, you never know. <laughs> I mean, they do. The more I'm learning, everything seems to interconnect. So especially with it happening. Starting out in the Southwest, it very well could be. And they say the road gremlins, they either uh, live on the motorcycles because who doesn't love a motorcycle? And they either say they either live on the motorcycles and this causes them to fall off. And that's where potholes come from. Or they live on the road. And, you know, when you're stopped, it's said that they can can uh, get on that way. Yeah, no, Night Stalker in the chat says it sounds like the Hellier Goblins. I don't know if you've heard of, um, of the Hellier Goblins. Yes. I have. And and actually, I grew up about an hour south of Hellier. Oh. Um, the Hellier in the Somerset area. Yeah. Um, I grew up an hour south in the in this little town of uh, Oneida, Tennessee. Oh, shit. Have you ever seen a gremlin then? 
I've not ever seen one, but uh, maybe that's maybe that's the next thing we do is go out uh, gremlin hunting. Yes, yeah, see, yes, ghost biker gremlin hunting. I love it. That's I do right. have, I have a good question here from Night Stalker. Oh, Night Stalker says, "Do you have any favorite ghost motorcycle rider stories or legends?" Mm, legends. You know, there's so many. You know, they. They talk about, I I don't have any stories uh, from the road other than a few real creepy areas that I've ridden in that, you know, nothing significant happened, but they were just very creepy uh, off the beaten path areas. Uh, One of them is Red Ash, Tennessee, and this area, it was an old coal mining town, and I was actually riding with... uh, my best friend Christy, who's in the chat room, and we had been riding the Devil's Triangle, and um, and it was it was kind of an, an eventful day because the the Devil's Triangle is a is a very um, dangerous road, and it has a lot of history and a lot of stories uh, from different things that have happened there from coal mining explosions, um, the infamous Brushy Mountain prison, all of this is along the Devil's Triangle. And so we had been riding that all day and and filming and we had uh, stopped and was, was heading back. She had been helping me film for one of my seasons. And I told her, I said, um, you want to see somewhere creepy? And so she said, <laughs> of course. And so I took her on uh, Red Ash, which it's probably the darkest road I've ever been on. Oh, and uh, in that area, it has everything from um, a coal temple that's said to be haunted, a very haunted graveyard. I think a lot of the stories from this graveyard are a little more urban legend, but um It is an area where they have had a lot of rituals and stuff performed. And unfortunately, because of this, the cemetery has been um, really been defaced and degraded. Um, But uh, there there's said to be, you know, hellhounds there, a goat man and uh, just a lot of crazy activity in the cemetery. We didn't stop, which was probably a good thing because I was having issues with my throttle sticking. The minute I got on the Devil's Triangle and the minute I got there, my throttle would stick and I couldn't hardly stop. So um, I would be riding and I was having to manually adjust my throttle because when you would roll it, it would stick and you would just kind of take off, which is not something you want to do on a road like this or like the Devil's Triangle. So um, that's probably one of the creepiest and scariest experiences uh, that um, that I've ever experienced. And as far as legends, um, I covered one of these on my, my uh, latest show as well. I was talking about um, it's, it's rumored to be bad luck to own a green motorcycle and which is unfortunate because green is my favorite color. And Uh (laughs) uh, so the next bike I get, I'm hoping to be, be a green motorcycle, but they say it's unlucky. But if you look back at the history in trying to debunk this, um, most of the racing accidents have been on green motorcycles and then also military bikes are green. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, back the from negative. the uh, world wars. Yeah. Yes. That uh, makes they sense. would deliver messages on, on these motorcycles. So they became targets. And then also a lot of these motorcycles were sold in surplus after the fact. And so if you've got a war worn motorcycle, then, um, you know, most of the time when someone purchases this, it's already going to be kind of uh, beat up and have some issues with it. So in going back and debunking that, um, 
I can I can see that. But that's just one of the stories they tell that it is bad luck to own a green motorcycle. Wow. Wow. No, I didn't know that. We have a uh, oh, Russ Bailey says, so what she's saying is don't buy a Kawasaki. <laughs> right. which ironically my very first bike was a kawasaki so it wasn't green but uh the next one that i'm gonna add to um to my motorcycle fleet or whatever your is, collection uh, a green. yeah a green motorcycle uh i love the military throwback look the one oh, star so that that's gonna be, be probably my next dope that's gonna look nice yeah oh nice i love your motorcycles do you want to talk about the bike you have now Sure, sure. So um, this was actually my second motorcycle and the one that I ride when I do Ghost Biker Explorations. And so it's an 883 Iron, which is a Harley Davidson Sportster. And it's the matte black, all blacked out midnight edition. So nice. And it, yes, I, I fell in love with it as soon as I saw it. And Slick. so it's um, kind of a throwback to a 69 bobber style so slick it's so slick thank you everybody loves that bike and you look so good on it too well thank you thank you it's it's a fun bike to ride um you know i really like to keep things kind of slim down and uh you know really keep things simple and that's what i like about this one um you know that's how i try to do my investigations and really keep it old school and keep everything simple and so i do my bike the same way and uh it really helps um, you know, I really try to plan out the investigations and such so that I can really pack for that investigation, not really have to worry about having anything extra, but uh, have the essentials. We are just about ready to take a break. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back with Miranda and we're going to start talking about some of her investigations and her upcoming season of Ghost Biker. So we'll be right back after this break. TLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? You really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhance and improve sound quality, edit out those awkward pauses and slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, fix and balance noise levels and perfect volume, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and loud displacement broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, no artwork, video and audio production, gotta do video because everybody's doing video, branded video graphics, or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. The biggest thing is time. A lot of people that podcast don't have time. Time is like a really valuable currency next to cost. It's even more important than money. Why waste your time doing all this stuff? This is what we can do for you. Think about like the hours and the money you're going to have to put into doing all this by yourself. doesn't make sense. It's going to take you months to launch. If we did it for you, we could do it tomorrow. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. 
you suffered in silence or experienced stress from a paranormal experience, even if it happened 20 years ago when thinking or talking about it today still makes you feel sick to your stomach or makes your heart beat faster or you suddenly can't breathe, maybe you even feel those old familiar signs of a panic attack trying to reach the surface. You could have unprocessed emotional responses. Those reactions of terror and trauma are no different than living through a horrible assault, childhood abuse, or a terrible car accident. It can be nearly impossible to find help. The very instance of seeing a ghost or encountering a cryptid could be clinically described as this week at macy's find your new favorite jeans with 40 percent off levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring or use your coupon or macy's card and take an extra 15 percent off handbags and wallets already 40 to 50 percent off and take an extra 10 percent off great furniture and mattress deals too Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. If you're looking to move out of your parents' place, you could really cut expenses by bundling your car and renter's insurance with Progressive, which is good because your little brother has gotten really territorial. You're blood-related. You'd think it would be fine to share food in the fridge. I mean, who writes their name on every individually wrapped slice of cheese, Tyler? Still, you've got to admire the commitment. So bundle your renters and car insurance with Progressive and use the savings to help you move out and have all the cheese you want. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Seeing or hearing things that aren't there. You could be considered psychotic, or at best, you're just not taken seriously. Out of a growing mountain of research, the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare showed that 8 out of 10 veterans who completed just 6 one-hour EFT sessions no longer tested positive for PTSD. If you've had paranormal trauma, you can contact Metaphorical Archaeology by calling 214-995-3754. Again, that's 214-995-3754 for a discreet consultation. Yoy there, it's Gigi from Shift Happens. Just stopping by to tell you to stop it. Stop that. Stop that thing that you're doing. And redirect all of your attention right directly back here to the Fringe FM. You're welcome. Hey, Fringe listeners, Dave Cruz here, reminding you that Beyond the Strange airs live Monday evenings at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on The Fringe FM. BTS is your one-stop shop for the paranormal, the bizarre, and most of all, the strange. Join me and co-host Black Sky Paranormals, Russ Bailey, as we discuss topics such as aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, and much more. Also, we talk with profound guests, authors, researchers from all over the world, and we take your calls live on the air. Go to beyondestrange.com and learn more about the show, guests, times, free registration for our newsletter, merch, and much more. Again, that's Beyond the Strange, Monday evenings, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. And as always, stay strange. You are hearing the sound between that which is above and that which is below. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Are you looking for real news? Are you tired of mainstream media telling you what to think? 
This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Instead of listening to mainstream media, check out the Rogi Report News here on the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. News for the independent thinker. Welcome back to the Rogie Report on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm your host, Jess Rogie, and joining me is Miranda Young, Ghost Biker. And we are talking about, actually, it was kind of fun. Right before the break, we were talking a little bit about UFOs and the connection to the paranormal. And, um, excuse me, and we were saying just like how similar. It is and how hard it is for the evidence to be clear and like how do you measure something that's something that we can't measure with what we have. And that goes for ghosts, that goes for UFOs, that goes for Bigfoot, you know, big feet or cryptids. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think until we actually have, I know in the paranormal community, until we actually can agree on what a spirit is. I mean, that's kind of even the first step. I mean, how can you measure what you don't exactly know what it is? And it's kind of hard for in the paranormal community for people to really even agree on that. So that would make it hard to really even measure um, just from that one one standpoint. Because, too, can't it be, though, like a paranormal activity? It can be. It's weird. Nobody should be calling me during the show. Um <laughs> But isn't it, we, ah, I lost my train of thought because of the darn phone call. But darn it, Miranda. <laughs> if you don't remember, if, if I didn't accidentally interrupt you, I have a great question in the chat from Night Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're saying. That it's just, I mean, you know, in the paranormal community, people, you know, that it's, it's hard to really, there, there are different theories about what we're actually dealing with. Um, You know, some people believe that it's, you know, trapped souls or somebody with, um, with a message to put out there. Some folks believe it's energy. Some folks believe it's interdimensional that just it's two dimensions crossing. So um, I think until we can actually agree on what we're talking about, it's going to be really hard to measure. And then there are just so many different personal experiences that happen on these that, you know, it's really hard. We try our best and, and I'm speaking for myself on my episodes to really show those personal experiences um but you know with with measuring the temperature if if i feel a cold chill and being able to watch those temperature changes or emf fluctuations um we try to show that but sometimes a genuine personal experience of being touched or feeling a cold breeze or being scratched sometimes that's really hard to uh, document and really show just how intense that actual experience was 
No, that's true. And I think it's just, it's just, it's just, you would think with like the wealth of investigations that have been done and the recordings from various paranormal teams, it would help to make the case for it. Because I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot more, there's probably like a hell of a lot more uh, EVPs or photos or recorded, you know, investigations than there are of UFOs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. And I think that's why, you know, UFOs and Bigfoot has always fascinated me, but I've always wondered, you know, kind of within, with UFOs, like, how do you start, you know, with, with investigating spirits, they're all around us, you know, and a location, you know, we hear about these different locations like the Clegg mansion or different places that have had, you know, Lizzie Borden house, all these places that have had something historical happen, but a lot of things happen around us and we experience it on a daily basis. A lot of people just don't really listen or Mm. pay attention to what's going on around in just the hustle and bustle of everyday life. So, um, you know, to me, it just seems easier to be able to investigate spirit activity just because of the vast amount of unexplained activity that goes on around us, uh, versus, you know, uh, like UFO, um, uh, in investigating and, and, and Bigfoot research, that sort of thing. Um, but I, I agree with you. You would think with just the vast amount that, uh, it, it would be, it would be easier. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, maybe it's as, you know, the world accepts UAPs that we're able to say, okay, now let's start talking about other things such as the paranormal, that there is a, there's, there's something there's people mm-hmm. being affected, you know, there's recorded evidence and there's something. So disclosure for all, I say. <laughs> Absolutely. And and I'm very excited because I've seen the buzz on the UAPs and uh, I'm very excited to hear this because it's very cool that that we're actually just on the cusp of potentially getting some some very interesting and cool answers to uh, some of the different things that people have been talking about and have been laughed at for years. For years. And I think that's, that's been a little, it's, it's been a shift. I mean, I just, Mm -hmm. from seeing like a lot of people that I've worked with and talked to over the years in the UFO community. Well, now I'm like, Oh, well I know that dude. He's on CNN now or talking to them or I know him. He's on Fox news or he's on Politico or something. And you're like, Oh, cool. (laughs) This is probably <laughs> bigger than I am, like bigger than my head is like grasping right now that it is mm-hmm. big. But I want to talk about like your investigations and um, your, what is your favorite place that you've investigated? That's a tough question. Oh, no. <laughs> um, no, that's, it's great. But that's a tough question because all of these locations are so different and unique in and of themselves. And so, um, Probably one of my most favorites would be the Grand Old Lady Hotel, which I covered in season three. Uh, It was episode one of season three. And it was kind of an unexpected uh, kind of treasure that we found. Um, It was a weekend long investigation. Um, I investigated the first night solo and on the second night, Soul Sisters Paranormal was there. And so um, I was able to investigate a little bit with them on that second night. And if, you know, if you've watched The Shining, it's a lot like that Ooh. because um, 
except in the south, in the mountains of uh, Balsam, North Carolina. And so uh, this location, they kept the hotel original to the way it was built in the early 1900s. They nice. don't have TVs in the room, and each room is unique. Um, it has, it has, I believe, 58 rooms currently, and it was made popular by the railroad system back in the early 1900s when people would, would travel by train and go stay at this location uh, during the, the summers. And so now, because they've kept the hotel original, they actually close during the winter months because of, of heating issues. And so when I say that we were alone in this location, it was oh, it just was... myself. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, the the thing I liked about the movie The Shining is just how psychological it was. And so you can really see in a location like this that the, the whole town is basically, I think there were like 30 people now that oh. live in that town. And the even the railroad track just below it uh, does not have railroad activity on it. And so um, <clears throat> so when we were up there at the hotel, it was just myself and a videographer. And um, it was probably probably one of the most active places that I've investigated in a while. Um, they did actually have a homicide that occurred there. Oh. Um, it The actual shooting occurred down at the base. So, so the hotel is up on a hill and the shooting actually occurred at the uh, community center, which is at the base of the hill, just behind the old depot. And the body of of the uh, deputy that was shot was actually brought up to the hotel and he ended up passing away in the hotel. And so we got some activity in the room that he had passed away, that the deputy had passed away in. And then also there's an area known as Henry's hall. And <clears throat> that location is one of the most active locations inside of this particular hotel. And it has everything from just these unexplained, unexplained knocks and bangs and, activity where they're turning on um Ooh. i had an alarm system in there i had a, a rim pod alarm and so i was filming and asking questions and i had a flashlight there and um i stepped away went went down to uh, one of the other floors and as soon as i would step away from this location the alarm would go off so it was trying to get my attention and then throughout the night i had a static camera sitting on it and when i would get some of the different knocks and bangs I would also get the alarm system going off. So it was really cool to be able to have those different pieces of equipment going off at the same time. And, and also what was interesting. So the first night I slept in the room where the deputy was, was murdered. Um, and, and again, they just kind of gave us, you know, carte blanche to be able to do whatever that's, we wanted to in nice. the hotel. And so on the second night, when I was staying there with, uh, soul sisters, we ended up sleeping in this little room that was kind of like a little suite where, um, my room was on the outside there and then they had a double bed in the other room. Uh, soul sisters is, is a team of twins out of Florida. Oh, and fine. so, um, so we were sleeping in that room and that was outside of Henry's hall where we were getting all this crazy activity. And as soon as we laid down to sleep, I always like to put my cameras and stuff on because, you know, when you're sleeping, you're going into that vulnerable state. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. again, why not? Why not put a camera out, put a recorder out when you're doing that? Because if you're actually there, you just never know what kind of activity you're going to get. And so as soon as I had started to go to sleep, 
right outside of the room where all that knocking was going, I get the clearest male voice that says, uh, don't leave or don't go. And so I've kind of conditioned myself when these sort of things happen to just kind of stay still. And we actually heard this. So it was a very oh, wow. clear disembodied voice. We captured it on my night vision camera that I had the recorder that I had. And then soul sisters also had a recorder in their room behind mine and they heard it as well on theirs, but wow. we were able to really triangulate where it was coming from based on where the recorders were stationed. And so you hear me ask, did you all hear that? What did that sound like? And, um, Christy from soul sisters yells back and she's like, I heard a male's voice and we all captured it clearly. So this location it did have activity through uh, ITC or spirit boxes, mm -hmm. but for the most part, this place had some of the best disembodied voices and uh, clearest speaking. It, it didn't need any type of ITC to be able to communicate. Wendy's two for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items. Like <gasps> Dave single with a 10 piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave single, Dave single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade. If you're into that chicken, Sam, crispy, Crispy Nugs, Crispy Nugs, Strawberry Lemonade, Dave's, Dave's, Nugs, Nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. Okay. Plus, they were interacting. I was using my SLS camera. And um, essentially what that will do, will it will... Uh, it's casts out a grid and inside this grid, if there's any type of, of potential unexplained activity, you do have potential for false positives with doorways and stuff, but it will, they will map what could potentially be um, an anomaly. And so we were getting appear appearances of these stick figures uh, on the SLS camera, and we were actually getting changes in temperature on my EDI box. And my EDI box is one of my favorite tools because uh, it's kind of like a science box. It will measure temperature changes in time, pressure, mm -hmm. um, humidity, and then also if there's vibrations. And is, it that is it that orange one? It is. It okay. is. That's, that's one of my favorite tools. And so we were actually getting changes when we would see a figure on the SLS, we were able to ask it to touch the EDI box and change the temperature and it was happening on command. So it's cool if a flashlight goes off. It's cool if you capture an anomaly on an SLS, but when you can actually get the two, two different tools or three different tools, even to corroborate the activity that's going on, um, I consider that pretty cool and, and uh, potentially uh, unexplained activity when that happens. Wow. No, that's amazing. That I, I, if I, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, she has this orange, it looks like an orange box and uh, you can watch, yeah. if you see her YouTube channel on her show, she uses it. And I was going to say, what is that thing? <laughs> yes. I use that in every location that I go to. Um, I have, again, I will travel travel light when I yes. go to these places, but I always have recorders and uh, video cameras on me because of just trying to document. And I usually investigate pretty old school and keep it pretty simple, but I always have those cameras and I always have that box because I, I like to register any temperature changes, any fluctuations in the moment. And then also if we're able to get um, 
pressure changes because when this goes off they actually have to touch the box to make it physically go off and it will send out sort of a vibration stream which uh, is very cool and 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 then it will also map the data it's got an sd card in it so you can map that and go back and track yeah so it just kind of adds that scientific element to everything we're doing so that we can kind of go back and whenever different things are happening, if somebody's having a personal experience or whatever, it's really cool to be able to go back and check that as well. No, I have t- I have a question from the chat room for you okay. from Night Stalker. He says, is there a way to determine whether activity is caused by past events at the location or because the location itself is a window area or hotspot? Do you believe one is more common? You know, it just depends. It really just depends on the location. And that's where I think going back and doing your research on that particular location can uh, really help determine that. I know um, a lot of people will look to see if there's ley lines or Mm -hmm. anything of that nature that could potentially cause that. And I always try to bring trigger items and ask specific questions to see if it could be from that particular occurrence that happened at that location. Um, I know one that's going to be highlighting um, in my upcoming season, and Soul Sisters have have talked about this one as well, but the Ma Barker house in Florida, um, this location uh, was a house where the uh, longest FBI shootout occurred. And the house has been moved from the property that it sat on. Uh. So what's interesting about this location is, it's moved from its original location where the shootout occurred, but the people who had the house, they, um, they kept the original furniture. It still has the gun, the shots from the, um, the gunshots in there and the bullet holes. And so it's been moved to a different location um, that is supposed to look very similar to where the shootout occurred. There's no power there. There's nothing else. Um, no outside, uh, Uh, no outside noise pollution or anything like that in there. And it's interesting. It was very active. So it was, I would believe that that was related to the house rather than related to the actual land where this took place. I hope I answered his, his question that he was asking, but that's, that's one of the examples that that comes to mind that we're actually going to be highlighting um, in this upcoming season. Oh, that's, that's exciting. What so we have about uh, five minutes, five, five, six minutes left. So we can talk about a couple of, oh, I think, I think two, I don't know if you guys can see the discord, but night stalker has been great. He's been po- posting up uh, photos of the, uh, the different awesome. locations you're talking about. And he said, thank you very much for that answer. He said, great answer. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> yes. Um, yeah. So we're going to be covering a lot of really cool locations here in uh, season four. Um, the season always drops in uh, October, every Tuesday during the month of October at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, the past seasons, people can watch season one, two, and three on the Ghost Biker Explorations Facebook channel or Facebook page, Ghost Biker Explorations YouTube channel, 
are on www.ghostbikerexplorations.com. And one of the big things that we like to cover on the different episodes are more of the lesser known locations. I've been to a bunch of the big commercial locations like Waverly Hills and Lizzie Borden House, all of those big locations that have a really big history and a really big story. But on my show, I really like to cover the ones that are, are either new as far as commercial goes or um, locations that are lesser known. Um, you know, I always tell people that if they take a map, close their eyes, touch anywhere on that map, they're going to find a location that has a story to it. It may just be regional, but it, every town has that story. It, it, you know, most of the time it's right in your own backyard. So those are the type of places that I like to cover. I like to keep the episodes fairly short um, and cover the travel because as a biker, you know, it's not always about the destination. It's about the journey to get there. Yes. And so, um, you know, one of the episodes we covered was in um, season three, episode two, which was the 1944 troop train accident. Yes, and, I saw that one today. Yes. And that was one that that uh, I covered. Um, I found it while I was on a haunted motorcycle ride that I was oh. hosting. And it was basically just a little eight by eight sign that said 1944 troop train accidents viewing spot. I went in and researched and found that it was um, in the top 25 worst troop train accidents of all time. And um, found that just this horrific story about these uh, fresh recruits who had perished in this troop train accident. And so um, I really wanted to show in this location because again, a lot of people had never heard of it. Um, so I wanted to show, just tell this, share this story and then also show that investigations don't have to necessarily be at night. They don't have to be creepy, um, that there is more to it than just that whole scare factor and jump factor. Um, and we got some pretty cool evidence. I, I honestly was not expecting to really get very much out of it, but, um, we got some pretty cool evidence and was able to do a tribute to the soldiers who had passed at the very end. So yeah, that was um, beautiful. I I love that you you did that. Thank you. You know, a lot of the time in doing what we do, sometimes people don't always think about the fact that these spirits that we're speaking to were once human. And so I like to add that human element to it because then that way they're not, they're more than just a story at that point, you know? And so, um, So that's the type of places that I like to show in my episodes. I like to keep them short so that, or shorter so that people don't feel overwhelmed when they sit down to watch. And then also really kind of put them in the moment with the, in the investigation. We have the story part, the travel part, and a little bit where we'll talk about some of the history of the town and then we'll put them in the investigation. I love it. I, she opens each episode with her opening and then she does a good and you go over the history. And I love that you yes. go over the history very well before. So we really know where you are. And I love that you do honor the people, you know, that we're talking about, too. It's so beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. Um, I was going to say yeah. one thing. To, I do love your boots. Like, uh, like. I was like, oh, my God, girl, those are some awesome boots. If you guys don't know, check <laughs> well, out – you guys have to check her boots out on Ghost Biker Explorations because they are awesome. I have a quick question from Michael J. here. He says, um, have you been on a run to Sturgis, Sturgis in South Dakota? 
I have not, but you know, one of my bucket list places that I want to do is I want to do Route 66. You should. Yes, go and visit just some of those different locations. Um, You know, I started everything out with photography. And so I want to go in and just do a lot of photography and then just stop at these locations along the way and share their history and see if there's any paranormal activity. So that the route 66, and then also um, the Mississippi blues trail uh, start in uh, Memphis and ride down to um, ride down to uh, Louisiana and hit some of those hot spots, you know, where the, uh, the crossroads, you know, where the, the devil will take your soul, you know, yeah. you can sell your soul for playing guitar. And it, it just, there's just a lot of places I want to hit that are related to the motorcycle that I can just kind of hit, share that story and uh, put it out there on a, on a part of a season. Oh yeah, definitely. I think doing route 66 and going up the Mississippi blues trail, it's just both, sound awesome and i would love to catch both of those once once you do them i know you still have you got season four coming out in october and i also want to tell everybody that she what you do it all right you review everything on your own and and you put the shows together by yourself you do have christy she comes and helps she helps you as well but you guys do it all like i mean props I do. Yeah. The entire show is self-produced in uh, the first season one and two, uh, my videographer, Josh helped me. And then in season three, I transitioned to either Christy will help me or I'll film vlog style. And um, so it's, it's a challenge. The reason that I put the episodes out all in October is just so I can spend that time researching because I like to spend double the time researching as mm-hmm. I do investigating and getting the story together and everything. And then I've got the actual investigation and investigating solo or with one other person has a lot of challenges with it. And then just going through and reviewing all the evidence because I do drop static cameras and I do have, um, I always have an audio recorder on me, but then I also leave recorders with every static camera. And so if you're in a long in a location for a long amount of time and you have a lot of cameras and a lot of recorders that's um that's bigger math than i care to do real fast i know i was like i don't i don't don't even want to try to figure out like if you had five cameras five recorders times eight hours like that would be amazing a lot of stuff so real quick miranda before we go where can people find you so they can catch up on all three seasons on the Ghost Biker Explorations Facebook page and the Ghost Biker Explorations YouTube channel. I'm very active on that Facebook page because we'll do lives from different events and such, and then also lives from different locations. And then they can also watch the episodes, purchase Ghost Biker merchandise and such on the www.ghostbikerexplorationswebsite.com. Or I said that wrong, (laughs) (laughs) www.ghostbikerexplorations.com. I don't need to make that any longer than what it is. (laughs) Ghostbikerexplorations.com. Yes. Okay, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining me. And I do I do want to mention, I am going to be coming up on uh, on, uh, Miranda's show here soon. I think July 1st is what we planned, something like that. On a Thursday, yes. but uh, it is. So right? like I said, with people, you know, I've got the episodes that come up in October, but I do a weekly podcast shop yes. talk live from the ghost biker garage. So we're going to be talking about uh, UFOs when you yes. come on. So yes. I am I'm so, so excited. excited about that. And that's every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. 
Yes. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I want to thank Miranda. Thank you everybody in the chat for listening. Thank you for all the great questions to everybody. Next week we got Preston Dennis. He Dennett, he's going to be talking about his new book and that's uh I think it's a uh, 25 different encounters with being. So I've been reading the book. It's real interesting cuz you know what guys, after we talk about UAPs, we got to talk about the other beings that are here. So until next time guys, We'll catch you soon.